Hey loves, coming up on the next episode of the Repurposing Your Soul podcast, we're going to talk about triggers. That's right, we are going deep into triggers today. Hey loves, welcome to another episode of the Repurposing Your Soul podcast. And this week we are talking about triggers. Oh yeah, those horrible little pesky things called triggers. And then we also have a special guest today, my one and only, my ace boom coon, my husband Cameron. So he's going to weigh in on the trigger conversation too as well. So let's get into it. I don't know about you guys, uh, but for me, triggers sneak up on me and they sucker punch me. Um, it hits when I least expect it. It might be I get a whiff of someone's cologne and immediately my anxiety starts to spike. It could be a, a movie scene that catches me by surprise. Or if I'm in a situation where I feel like my stability is being threatened, I might spiral. Um, and then sometimes the anxiety cripples me to the point where I have panic attacks. And the panic attacks could stem from something so tiny, so minute, but it causes that spiral on panic attacks. And then uh, sometimes you don't even know when you're triggered. It could be like you're mad, you're angry, you're, you're off guard, but you don't even realize that you're triggered. And so now I'm gonna introduce my lovely, lovely, lovely husband, Cameron. Let's give him a round of applause here. <laughs> on here so how long have we been married how long have we been married it'll be eight years this october all right eight years in october and it feels like it's been forever at least according to the kids the kids say it seems like we've been married for 50 years so anyway cameron has been with me uh, we've been together for eight years and we've been oh, married for eight and nine. okay gather nine married for eight so Cameron was with me during the last part of when I served in the military in the army. So he's been able to see me in the points where, you know, where I'm uh, having to go take care of stuff, go do stuff, pack up my gear, be gone for three, four weeks, come back. So he's lived that army spouse life. And he's seen me firsthand about my triggers and my PTS things and all that other stuff. So Cameron, what is the main thing you notice about me um, when you can tell I'm triggered? So, um, in the beginning, I couldn't tell. Now, um, I can tell. It depends on what the trigger is. So, if it's something like I could say, like, hey, it's a movie. And a movie might be army-based, but it might have some things in the movie that trigger her from her military past or her being old. Um, she, she, like... I can just tell by her her mood swings, changes. Um, she doesn't like watching it. She might leave the room. It, it might affect her a certain way. But then again, it's some positive triggers too. She might say, hey, I remember we was in this place and this place and this place. So we're like, okay. And then she kind of gives us a little history of her, where she's been at. So some, some triggers, depends on what it is. If it's like violent, um, gory in, in that aspect, she she doesn't like those those triggers uh, affect her a lot, but it affects the household. I always tell her she is the thermometer of the house. Um, 
And that's a good point. Um, he said that before on the thermometer of the house. So can you explain to everybody, um, me being at the thermometer house and how it, uh, how what I'm going through affects everybody? So it's a running joke, but it's really not in the, in the same breath. We have a digital thermometer in our house. The only person in the house controls the thermometer. <laughs> she controls the temperature all the time. So if she's the thermometer of the house, when I say that, it's... Um, as her being red, my red, she also controls the environment of the house. If she's triggered, upset, something's not working for her, the whole house feels it, no matter what it is. If she's sick, we all make sure we try to make sure pick up the pieces from where she can't do the things she does around the house to keep the house functioning. If I can tell when she's triggered, how the house smells. If the house doesn't smell good and of the day, and it's kind of like, what's wrong? What's going on? She's like, oh, I am. So if I walk in, I see her in her onesies and she got her blanket up to her neck and she got walking around with coffee. I'm like, oh, she ain't done nothing today. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's different things. Her 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 volume might go up and down. If she's triggered where it's a mental breakdown or eventually she's not feeling good, you can tell just by her turn, the way she talks to me. It might be slurred. It might be... Uh, the same thing over and over and over again. So the volume of the temperature of the house is different. When she's even killed, when everything is running smoothly and, and things is, um, her triggers are, are balanced, the house is perfect, to my opinion. So it's, I mean, I just, to my opinion, my wife does an amazing job of keeping, trying to keep everybody balanced when it comes to keeping the house clean, the way the house smells, stuff like that. Little small things, different smells trigger her. Like if, if something is not smelling correct or the boys' rooms are funky. She's like, oh, we can't do this. <laughs> Certain triggers trigger her. So that's when I say she's at the temperature of the house. Um, we we kind of measure how the day's going to go by her by her, her temperature, her volume on the house. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. So um, I have to give Cameron credit. So once we you know figured out what was wrong with me, my different diagnoses and stuff, um, he don't probably even know, I noticed, but I noticed that um, he had started reading and researching about triggers and how triggers happen and how you can help triggers. Tell me a little bit about that research you did. So I used a book, I got this book, I seen the five below called Triggers and what made me buy it, it was, it was for two reasons. To understand how I play a role in setting off some triggers, because I'm not perfect. I set off triggers a lot. That's just who I am sometimes. I don't mean to do it, but yeah, I might have a bad day and I might bring something home that I don't know when I bring home and my mood swing might set off a trigger with my wife. So I try to read this book to try to figure out what are what are my triggers so I can understand what makes me tick and don't tick and what ticks me off. In the same breath, it might be a way where I can see a trigger happening in our marriage or anything or where we communicate or where we talk, how we talk to each other. And I'm like, oh, you know what, I'm not gonna, I'm not even gonna react or respond because it might be, she might be having a bad day and she can't tell me that because she's triggered. So I, I read this book called Triggers. It's pretty good. It, it, it gives you insight on different things. Even in your know, everyday walk, uh, people might say something to you. Like you said, a cologne or perfume. Me, like I have a problem with body odor like I can't stand it. it bothers me so like that's a trigger for me you know what I'm saying so different things might set you off but you gotta understand who you are first what your triggers are and stuff like that like me for one trigger in the household that I know it just sets me off 
the door is being opened. I hate bugs. <laughs> so it's like, I'm not scared of bugs. I just want to be in the house with no bugs. Wait, wait, we, we have I, a I'm whole tell you screen. Why. I'm going to tell you why. When I'm, at, when I'm at work, it's bugs in the kitchen. And they flying around the kitchen. And I hate it. So I can't do nothing about the bugs in my job. But I can do it about the bugs in my house. But okay, so y'all, let's give some context to what he just said. Like All right. It. We don't have a lot of bugs in the house, okay? We have a huge port uh, deck door, right? And we have a magnetic screen on it, okay? So literally the bugs don't come in that way. They might slip in through the bottom, but usually if it's a fly or something that comes in is when they're running back and forth through the garage. So <laughs> anyway. I wish I could see our faces. <laughs> I truly wish I could see our faces. Now we're getting because off track. it's not. That's not it, but it's, it's a trigger nevertheless. Right. So that's that's one of his triggers. So when I'm triggered, how do you help bring me down? Well, I ask questions. I say, what's going on with you today? Um, what's wrong? Uh, is there a trigger? Um, is this a trigger? And she, sometimes she, if she knows it's a trigger, she'll say yes, and she'll tell me what it is. If she don't know, like, babe, I don't know. It's just I'm not having a good day. I said, well, what is it? Can you explain it to me? And she kind of gives me buffer or well this morning I woke up and this is what it was I'm like okay well let's 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 break that down let's have content about it like she might tell me uh, she had a she had a bad dream last night or something and in that bad dream is something about somebody one of her military buddies might have killed herself or it gave me something to that effect and that's a trigger so I said well we know what we need to do we'll pray about it we'll, we'll try to work through the trigger um you know, we'll, we'll talk about it if, it if we can. If we can't, we'll table it, come back to it, and then we'll try to work it out. Um, sometimes it could be her headaches. That's the trigger. Um, when she have a headache or she's not feeling well, I try to attend to her needs, make sure she get food and drink, and uh, make sure she's not bothered. Or the only person that really bothered her, like, hey, control is, is Louie. Everybody the dog. Else, <laughs> the dog. Leave, leaves her alone. But, you know, other than that, we try to just walk through it talk about what we're going through then we also be mindful of things we try to take in like music on tv mm-hmm. knowing that those might be triggers that we don't know and we're watching those and they set off something in us so i told my wife we gotta quit watching all them crazy sci-fi movies okay so we go, we, we gonna veer from that because i love my sci-fi so we we are not gonna bring my sci-fi <laughs> into this conversation so another thing too with triggers if triggers are um, left untreated, okay, if you don't do the tools and, you know, the resources that you have to stop the trigger when it's in place, um, it can spiral. And when it spirals, it can roll into um, a suicide attempt, unfortunately. So Cameron has been with me whew, for the past, I would say, four suicide attempts, four or five suicide attempts. He's been there um, for all of them. And I know with him being my spouse, it was extremely hard for him. And he's come a long way from, you know, learning about, you know, the trauma with suicide, what to do, what not to do, what helps, and, you know, how you can support your loved one when they're in a situation like that. So um, since it's, you know, Suicide Prevention Awareness Month, Cameron, can you share with everyone, um, you know, 
what you went through with me dealing with suicide, the things you've learned, and the things that you do now to help keep that from happening again. So some of the things I, I went through just asking questions. Sometimes you try to ask the obvious questions, but those obvious questions are the questions they can't answer. So you try to get the, the ones you can't answer and try to help the best way you can by me being her husband. I'm always trying to be the fixer and I can't fix everything. So that's a, that's a, that might be a trigger for me that I can't fix it. So I try to work through whatever it is she needs me help her, her work through. If it's mental or physical, when it comes to the suicide thoughts or temptations. Um, in the past, I would just ask stupid questions. I feel like it didn't really help. But now I'm learning, um, I asked her, Hey, uh, what, what's your level? What's your level? Um, how you feel? One or ten? And she can give me a one or ten. I know what to do from there. Um, and also, I just try to be more motivated, like in the aspect of uh, being more helpful versus me asking. Um, be instead of being more defensive, at, you know, being more helpful. Like, what can I do to help you? What can I do to uh, change, you know, not more change in your mind or just the, the, your your vibe or your setting in that aspect. So uh, we might go ride our bikes. We might go for a walk. We might hit the gym. Um, whatever. Whatever it is that we can do to, to, to change the tone or the, or the atmosphere helps in that aspect. Just learning her more and more, asking questions, asking the level of where you at or even it could be a dream she come up and tell me about that we know that might be a trigger and that trigger might be a suicide trigger so we try to veer away from the things we know that's going to put us in the top a topsy-turvy environment all right so you had said something before that you had did things that were harmful and didn't help the situation so there's a lot of family members and support people out here who are thinking they're doing the right thing when they're actually doing the wrong thing. So can you explain, uh, explain that, what she went through with that? Well, I was trying, uh, the things I was doing that I, that I thought that was right, that was wrong, was more or less being defensive. Um, and then when I didn't get the answer, I thought that she should give me, I got mad. Made it more about me versus more about the situation or being more of a helper. So now I don't ask those questions. I try to ask more positive questions like, What's your mood like? What can I do for you? Um, you need something to drink? Can we talk about it? Are you able to talk about it? Can we? we you're not okay. Let's table it. What's, uh, what do you feel? You where, where your level is at? Those things that I had to learn about the way I communicate with my wife versus me just drilling her like, what is wrong with you? What are you doing? You know, those things you, you add, but you don't know that those things are actually triggers because it's feel like in no aspect it's I'm blaming her. I'm not. Right, so I can attest to that. Like when we first started dealing with, you know, my suicide attempts, when they started getting really bad, um, I remember Cameron was at a point where he didn't know what to do, and I realized after he told me that the lot of the way why he was defensive, it was because he was scared. Am I right? So, um, so he was he was defensive because he was scared. So, what were you scared of? That I was gonna make it worse, or I wasn't. I didn't protect you enough, so you didn't stop having those 
those those thoughts and stuff like that. But it wasn't about me. It was more about the the mindset of how you felt in the environment. All right. So that's a lot. I mean, he has been with me through thick and thin, through the anxieties, the triggers, you name it. And that's why it's so important that you have family support members who are there with you that can help you through the triggers. Because these triggers, man, they are sneaky. You know, a lot of people think that you're supposed to be automatically healed from all issues and mental health stuff. And and then, you know, you're good, you're all right. And there are times where the good Lord will come down and he will fully, fully heal you from, you know, suicide ideation and, and um, oh gosh, you know, the, the other triggers that you're going through. Yes, he does do that. But however, when triggers show up, you also have to know the tools on how to deal with those triggers because they can literally come out of nowhere. You know, we were watching one movie and it was just such a simple movie. It was like um, Jackie Chan and who else was in that movie? Oh. Yeah, John Cena. And it was hilarious. But there was one scene in the in the movie where they actually went down the road past our camp to get to where they needed to. And when I recognized the surroundings, it I my anxiety went, it went. Um, and it took me a minute just to calm down. But I made myself sit there and watch it. Because what I realized and what I've learned from my therapist is when that anxiety spikes, just let it normally process. Don't immediately try to stop it and, 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 you know, put it back in your box. What you need to do, just let that, let that, that trigger run its course. Feel everything you need to feel because part of the things that we do and part of the things that harm us is that when we're triggered or we're going through a hurtful situation, we shove everything down in the box. This is my trauma box. This is my depression box. It is going in a box and I'm not opening it. But when you don't open that box, you don't heal and you can't go through it. So when those traumas hit, you know, you just have to be able to breathe through it and roll through it. And um, I have some tips here that I use when I'm, I'm triggered. This one is more, I would say, for panic attacks. So Cameron doesn't even notice, but it was maybe two, three weeks ago. He was sleeping and I was upstairs getting ready to go to bed. And I can't remember what happened. Um, and all of a sudden I had a panic attack. Like I felt like I couldn't breathe. I couldn't get enough air. I had broke out in a cold sweat. My hands were shaking, my heart was beating and I was getting dizzy. I mean, all the full panic attacks, you know, symptoms. And I was just like, oh my God, oh my God, what do I do? And so what I had to do is remember, you know, this tool that, um, I came up with, well, actually, I didn't come up with the full uh, full thing. It was basically something I built off of through one of my therapy sessions. So here it is. The first part is when you are really triggered and you're having that panic attack and you just can't breathe your way through it, stop. Don't say anything. Don't do anything. You are triggered and might not react rationally. 
Number two, T, take a step back. Remove yourself from the situation and just breathe. Right now, your emotions might not be able to be trusted. O, observe. Observe objectively and look at the situation. Is this a spiritual attack? What is the other person doing to contribute to this? How are you behaving? How did you contribute to it? Are you letting the enemy use you? Now, there's been plenty of times where me and Cameron would like go at it and realize what? That is the enemy attacking us. Yeah. And so when that enemy attacks us, we both have to be on guard for that. We're like, oh, this is attack. Sometimes he'll realize it's an attack from the enemy. Or it might be me that I realize, you know, it's attack of the enemy. But that is one thing as believers in Christ that we always have to remember is that it, it could be very well a spiritual attack. And the next P, pray and proceed carefully. What is the Holy Spirit telling you to do? The one thing I love about our God is that he does answer your questions. He doesn't leave you hanging. Especially if it's a situation where you're like, God, what do I do right now? I'm panicking. There has been times I've went in my prayer closet and the only thing I've said is, help! <laughs> and that's it. I couldn't get out anything else but follow my knees and be like, God, help me right now. And he always comes through and the Holy Spirit um, will, will tell you and direct you, you know, what to do. And so that is, you know, the one of the biggest things I say would be the stop. So that night where I was uh, triggered with that panic attack, um, I had broke out in a cold sweat, so I knew I couldn't stay up in the bed, and I was thrashing. And I knew that I didn't want to wake up Cameron, because if I woke up Cameron, you're going to immediately go into what? Protect mode. Yeah, I'm going to be in protect mode, trying to figure out what I need to do to yeah. help or protect so, you know, that's just my, that's who I am as a person. Right. He's a protector and he's going to do that. But in the midst of this panic attack, um, it is really something that it only took me and God to go through. So, you know, I came downstairs and the first thing I needed was cold air. And so the AC was cranking up. I'm sitting here stripping off my pajamas and stuff and I'm laying in our big old reclining chair. And I just stopped and I took a step back and I'm like, okay, what is causing this trigger? What, you know, why can't I not breathe? Okay. Looking at what led up to the trigger, observing what was going on. And in my prayer and proceed carefully, let's be honest. When you're having a panic attack, the words are, you can't do this. Father, gracious Lord Jesus Lord, you are who are above all and everything. We come to you for help in this panic attack. Okay, let's keep it real. <laughs> when you're having a panic attack, you are not going into the King James Version of prayer. Okay? It's not going to happen. But what I did was I realized there is a word. One word is the key to stopping my panic attacks. And it's Yahweh. And the reason why it's Yahweh, because every time you take a breath, you're saying the word Yahweh. Because in the ancient text, Yahweh didn't have any um, syllables. It was all consonants. 
So when you're breathing in, that was the yah. And when you're breathing out, the way, Yahweh. And so that's what I did. I sat on that couch and I did this breathing and I just kept saying Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh. And I kept breathing Yahweh, Yahweh. And then I felt me start to subside. Everything came down, the cold wits, the cold uh, sweat stopped. You know, my breathing regulated itself. The tremors stopped. The, the heart palpitations stopped. You know, the palm sweating stopped. And then after I came down and was able to, you know, um, get back to myself, I went right back upstairs, climb right back in the bed and go to sleep. Did you even notice I had left? I always know when you, when you leave the bed, but I didn't know where you went to. I don't sleep, I'm not a very good See, now I know. All these times I'm thinking I'm sneaking out of bed to run downstairs and do something or go to the bathroom. But Louie gave you a way to you. Louie moved wherever you get out to bed, Louie follow you wherever you go. Yeah, and speaking of Louie too, those of you who have pets, I'm pretty sure you're well aware and you know that your pets can sense everything. And believe it or not, Louie will spot a trigger that I'm going through before anybody else, you know, hears me. And he's actually in the in, in a studio right now, and he's supposed to be sitting down and being quiet. But uh, I think my husband decided to play with me. But anyway, you know, your animals can tell, you know, when you're triggered. And when Louie figures out what's going on, he whines, he'll like nudge my hands, and then I'm so angry and I'm so irritated. And I just want to scream, Louie, stop, leave me alone. But then I realized he's doing his job. He is making sure that I am okay when I'm going through these triggers. So I've noticed, I've noticed that. And so now I'm learning to be more observant and actually receive the help from my, you know, my trusty Steve Louie. And because he really, he's there to help. So pay attention to your pets. They know. And another thing about triggers, your kids know when you're triggered. Your kids know when you're going through something. Our boys are not stupid. They always know. So if you're triggered and you're feeling a certain type of way, talk to your kids. Let them know um, and understand what you're going through. Um, talk about it as a family. This is the only way we can stop the, um, the stigma of mental health is if we're able to talk about it with everyone. Well, this was this week's episode of the Repurposing Your Soul podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. We talked about a lot of good nuggets today, and um, I hope you learned something. I hope that all those things that you're going through and, and what you need right now, um, I hope you found this very helpful. So as I like to say, before we sign off, um, I'm going to pray for everyone. Father God, in your name, Jesus, Lord, I thank you so much for every person who is listening to this podcast. Lord, you know where they are in their, in their place. Lord, you know where they are, what they're dealing with, the diseases, the anxieties, the panic attacks. Lord, you know where they're at. Point them to the right resources, Lord, and help them in your name, Jesus. And also, if you're dealing with suicide thoughts, 
don't forget to call 988, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Call your battle buddy if you have your mental health battle buddy. Reach out to someone because I don't want to lose you, my loves, like I've lost so many other close friends to suicide. So this is the Repurposing Your Soul podcast with your host, Noni Wright, and I can't wait to see you guys next week. Bye, loves. Thank you for listening to the Repurposing Your Soul podcast with new episodes every Tuesday. You can listen in on Spotify, Audible, Apple Podcast, Radio Public, iHeart Podcast, CastBox, and Amazon Podcast. Thank you.